1: And today I'm thrilled to welcome back Scott Sauls. Scott is senior pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. He's also a prolific author, written numbers of books, including Jesus Outside the Lines, Befriend, From Weakness to Strength, Irresistible Faith, and most recently, a very timely book that we talked about last time and I think we'll talk about today as well. It's called A Gentle Answer, Our Secret Weapon in an Age of Us Against Them. Before coming to Nashville, Scott served at New York City's Redeemer Presbyterian Church as lead and preaching pastor, in addition to planning two churches. If you'd like to learn more about Scott and his writings, check out his website at scottsauls.com. Scott and his wife, Patty, have been married for 26 years and have two children. And I'm just glad to have you back on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, I'm Good to be with you again. Yes, it's always good to talk with you. I am looking forward to hearing about the verse you have for us today. So
0: that's Ephesians four twenty-six, uh, which uh, simply says, "Be angry and do not sin." And that's a that's a verse that I think leads Champ a lot of us to scratch our heads. What what on earth does this mean? And in some translations, the original translation or the, the original Hebrew, and because uh, it's also this is a quote in Ephesians from the Psalms, right. And So the same verse is repeated in, in the Old Testament and the New. In the Old Testament Hebrew and in the New Testament Greek, it it, it comes as a command. Some of our English translations say, "In your anger, do not sin." Hmm. But the literal translation, both from the Old Testament and the New Testament, is, "Be angry and hmm. do not sin." Uh, in other words, it's written as a command to be angry, and that might sound contradictory to the last conversation we had, where I talked about the importance of cultivating the fruit of gentleness mm-hmm. in the life of you know people like you and me who are followers of Jesus Christ, and. And so can gentleness and anger go together, or do you have to, you know, sort of step out of one in order to step into the other? And Hmm. uh, in the same way that we talked about last time, you know, how Jesus came full of grace and full of truth, he also came full of gentleness and full of anger. Hmm. You know, we we have these places in Scripture where Jesus, we think, uh, some of us do, seems to be acting out of character when he, you know, gets upset in the temple and flips over (laughs) Uh, a table where people are, you know, trying to make a prophet in in the temple or where he shows up at the tomb of his friend Lazarus, who's been buried for four days. And again, the literal Greek, which tends to be softened in most English translation, Mm. uh, you know, most English translations say that Jesus was deeply moved in spirit. But if you go to the original language, again, it it says that he was furious. Mm. He was infuriated at death and how death does vandalism to, to human life, right? And, and so one of the images I think that certain communities do better at capturing the, than other communities, and typically the more oppressed, the more injured, the more in pain your community is, uh, the more tuned in you're going to be to the anger of Christ because you need a defender. You need an advocate to, to stand up for you against what's wrong in the world, right? C.S. Lewis uh, famously wrote that Christianity is a fighting religion. Hmm. You know, he says it, it thinks that God has made the world, and it also thinks Christianity does that a great many things have gone wrong with the world and God, that God made, and that God insists and insists very loudly on our putting them right again. That's C.S. Lewis's way of echoing what it says in the in, in, in the Book of Romans, hmm. that we are to hate what is evil, and cling to what is good. One one of the ways to cling to what's good is to protect it vigorously and ferociously from everything that's that's evil that wants to attack what's good. Right? This is how how we get when people that we love maybe our children or maybe our spouse are under attack and we want to step in and
1: and we get upset and that's that's actually something that comes from god right to be justly upset so when we talk about this verse saying a command of be angry but do not sin then my mind goes to okay so let's say there is a rightly motivated anger that you just mentioned to protect what is cherished and valuable in my eyes and god's eyes But what's the measuring stick for evaluating whether I'm being sinful in doing that? So I know that's something I'm supposed to do, righteous anger, Mm -hmm. but then here's something I'm supposed to not do, and that is, and don't sin. So let's say I'm in the middle of righteous anger. How do I know if I cross a line? Well,
0: it takes a special kind of humility to find out whether or (laughs) not you're crossing a line. And that special kind of humility will lead you to ask the person that you're angry with, or ask the group that you're angry with, how are you experiencing me right now? Hmm. Are you experiencing me as attacking you personally, or are you experiencing me as if I am attacking a problem that I think that you have the responsibility to help solve with me? Hmm. There's a big difference, right? Unrighteous anger or raging anger attacks people. Hmm. Righteous anger or the anger that comes from God attacks problems that God himself has defined as problems, Hmm. right? So abuse is a problem. Righteous anger attacks abuse. Lying, uh, dishonesty is a problem. Righteous anger attacks dishonesty. Righteous anger attacks greed while trying to reclaim the person who's telling the lies or reclaim the person who is greedy uh, and acting out of greed, right? And not out of generosity. So, but sometimes we have to create a feedback loop because it's harder to see ourselves sometimes, especially when we're angry. It's harder to see ourselves clearly as much as other people are able to kind of speak in to the way that they see and experience us.
1: Yeah, that's really helpful because what we're doing is we're always, in what you just said, looking out for the other person. We are always constantly loving while we're being angry. And so I feel like that love That's is... That's righteous anger, yes. Yeah. And so since love is always thinking about the best for the other person, then we're mm-hmm. considering how our anger is affecting right. them.
0: Yeah, think of Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, right? Even though Jesus had some incredibly harsh things to say about religious moralism, in Jerusalem, how how it pervaded the religious community, that that it was built on shaming behaviors and postures, you know, sort of self-righteousness, trusting in themselves that they were righteous, looking down on other people with contempt. Jesus has some very strong words in the later chapters of Matthew to say toward that kind of behavior and attitude, not to mention the Sermon on the Mount. And yet we also see this place where Jesus is standing over unrepentant Jerusalem and weeping, saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you under my my wings, just as a mother hen gathers her chicks, or you know, we could, we could see how Jesus, in the same conversation, says to Peter, "You are the rock," and on 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 the words that you have just said, I'm going to and, and I'm going to build my church. And then later in that same conversation, he says to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan!" Hmm. Right? And 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 what does it? What does he do? He restores Peter, right? And he deputizes Peter to be an apostle. You know, so so even Jesus's harshest words are given. Uh, not as, as if with a dagger to injure as much as with a, a scalpel to perform surgery on our character, right? And that's what righteous anger does. It comes surgically, mm-hmm. not vindictively, you know, as with a scalpel, not as with a dagger or a sword.
1: Yeah, that's true. And it re- it rings true in my own life. I remember having a conversation with a fellow pastor over a decade and a half ago, and I was complaining about something in ministry because I thought it was so hard and he just listened. And then he said mm-hmm. to me, so what you're saying is, is you're really struggling with the very difficult situation that God has sovereignly put you in for your growth.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was like, oh, wow, you know, that's such a hard word. And then he stopped what? and said, you know, yeah. I sin like that too. And so he brought mm. both truth and love. And I really felt rebuked, but I yeah. also felt incredibly loved at that moment. Yeah. So I think it just rings true. That pastor was embodying these attributes of Jesus for me, and I, I felt the benefit mm-hmm. of that. So, Scott, we have felt the benefit of your being here and talking us through this, and we need the Lord's grace to live it out. So would you just ask him for that as we close? Mm.
0: Lord, help us to discern uh, between that which is righteous and that which is raging in our own hearts. Uh, Help us, Father, as Christ Himself has been for us, as those who very constructively, not to tear down, but to build up, who very constructively leverage anger toward that which is evil or damages that which is good. Father, help us to discern the difference and help us be the kinds of people who attack problems but who do not attack people we pray in Jesus name amen
1: thanks for listening to in the word on the go for more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes visit wordonthego.net